Greetings. Welcome to Parks and Conversation, Episode 2. Today we are going to be discussing our rewatch of Season 1, Episode 2, Canvassing. Uh, my name is Jason, and I'm joined by my longtime friend, Jeremy. Say hello, Jeremy. Hello. Well, hello to you, sir. Uh, so, you know, it's been a long time since uh, I've gone back to watch this particular episode. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it was uh, it was rough. Yeah, it was rough. <clears throat> it was. I I feel like though. I mean, I don't know. Something that I wanted to talk about today, specifically on a very important episode of Parks and Conversation, uh, is just how rough it didn't seem to me. Actually, uh, only because I remember when it first came out, like we talked about in the last episode. Uh, I I was like, this is this show's really bad. Upon further review. I didn't. I didn't find it as bad as I remembered. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. Um, just because I maybe it's because you know where these characters are going, you know. And uh, I just remember coming out of the office. You really wanted that. It felt like it was tr- trying to be too much like the office. And knowing where it ends up, it's like, hey, we got to start somewhere. So I, I think I gave it a lot more latitude. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What What did you think? Well, I uh, agree with that. F- feeling as it was being released, expecting to be running on all cylinders, just a laugh a minute mm-hmm. and everything would be great. Cause the office was this, cause this came out in 2009 and the office was at that point, just knocking it out of the park and it was same creative team and so many good things. Um, but I think that knowing where the characters go, like I'm on board mm-hmm. But the pacing right now of the programs, every episode is just like, oh, this is taking forever. Agreed. Yeah. And I that is, I think, the biggest challenge. Um, and The Office had those moments where it was taking forever. And so I don't know if maybe I'm looking at Parks and Rec thinking how good it's going to get. And it's making me like the first season even less. Oh, OK. Yeah. And so that's part of my challenge. And I watched this episode with the kids and uh, they, their response to me was, does it get better? <laughs> I'd say yes. Yes, it does. Just hang in there. See, everybody, yeah. everybody feels it. Yeah. I think the office was, you know, it was designed to kind of be that slower kind of, you know, um, cringy pace a little bit. And then it, even it picked up after a while, it, it moved away um, and got into its own. It moved away from the English version uh, or the British version. And so I think Parks and Rec kind of felt like it was still trying to be in that formula, but w- also wanted to be its own thing. So they were really trying to figure it out. And um, I think canvassing was, was definitely one of those, you know, clunkier episodes. Yeah. Agree. I do love how this one starts though. The, uh, the cold open is for an Easter egg hunt, which is something that parks and recreation departments do all the time. And uh, I love that it was very difficult to find these eggs. A little too difficult. Yeah. My most recent Easter egg experience was not even a hunt. They just like rectangled off uh, areas of a field per age group. And they just threw eggs out in the field. And then they just said, okay, go get them. So it was basically like prep for litter pickup. Just go get it. And that was the whole hunt. And so this one is like, man, they really got to look. Yeah. Or, or it was like a, a WWE Royal Rumble. You know, it's just like last kid standing gets all the eggs. 
I, I think that's the way Easter should be. I think that's what Jesus would want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I do love the reveal that the, the reason the eggs are so hard to find is because Tom forgot to put any out. <laughs> Classic Tom. And I love that. It's, it's, I, it is a very good reveal of Tom's character. Like, yeah, I didn't do that. And he's not going to do it. <laughs> like, he's not going to try to fix it. He's just like, man, that didn't happen. Nor is he going to claim that he messed up. Like the last shot of it is just him looking over at Leslie's shoulder, just kind of looking at the camera going, nope, they're not out there. <laughs> and, yet, and yet Leslie's still hopeful. It's like, hey, this is hard. It's a challenge, but we're going to find him. You know, like that's, right. again, that's just her character. Right. The contrast between Leslie and everyone else in the parks department. Yeah. She's like, we can do this and we're going to do it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I love that. So, um, so the whole guiding motivation for this episode is ultimately try to get the, the community on board with the park mm-hmm. and to try to get them to, to buy in to this project. And so um, she starts, Leslie starts by going to visit her mom, um, Marla Briggs Nope, who is a big deal. Yeah. And like she's she is a mover and a shaker in Pawnee. And uh, the dynamic between Leslie and her mom, I think, is really great, too. Throughout the show, they use her sparingly, which is I think is kind of funny because they work in the same building, mm-hmm. but they don't see each other. They don't talk to each other very often. And so I think it's 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 weird, but I think they they do employ mom at just the right time. Um, and so she goes to visit her mom to try to like get her mom's approval. Right. Which is, I think one of the things about this whole, her whole dynamic is like, I really want my mom to be proud of me. Right. No matter what she's doing, like I want, I want my mom to say that I did a good job. That's, uh, that's it. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it, but, um, because her mom is going to be an interesting character, uh, moving forward. And especially with, uh, other relationships that Leslie will have in the future. But, uh, here she's just, she does seem withholding. Yeah. And I feel like that, that part of it though, from the writer standpoint to not use her a lot is, was smart it, because I'm sure that was the whole arc in the beginning. It was just the approval. And I think that joke would get old real quick. If she just kept coming back for approval, like it would make Leslie's character feel really, really needy if they did it too many times. And until they could develop the mom a little bit more. Uh, yeah. They, they didn't really use her a lot uh, in the opening, you know, season or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, she goes, tells her mom, mom's like, wow, that's, Mom seems less than whelmed yeah. at this point. <laughs> like, okay, this is your job, so whatever. Um, and so then they say, "Let's all right, let's go out there. Let's get the word out. Let's go canvassing." And Leslie, always prepared, and this is really one of the first times we see her level of preparation is her script that she has made for the canvassing efforts right. to go out. Uh, and if citizen is a male, turn to this page. <laughs> if they are, you know, in the military, turn to this page or, or whatever. She's got it all figured out, which like makes you wonder, like, how does Leslie have the time to do any of these things right. and her job? Um, but she gives everybody a thing and they start doing it. And uh, the canvassing does not go well. And she was warned, you know, she was warned, Hey, don't, it's, it's too early to really put this thing together. By, uh, by Mark Brandanowitz, and yet she she moves ahead because she's a she's a dreamer, she's a believer. 
Right. There is nothing that is going to get in her way Mm-mm. for doing the things that she wants to do, um, which will come to bite her many times in this show. Sure. Um, oh, man. I was looking for some. I found the trivia on IMDb and I was looking for it. anyway. But Morgan, uh, one of the characters, you know, as they're talking about it, is like, well, uh, yeah, I live nearby. Is this park going to be a thousand feet from <laughs> yeah. my house? <laughs> And, you know, because he is a, a predator, uh, right. you know, he's on the, the list. He can't live close to children. Um, and it, I feel like they did a really good job with that joke in particular of saying, like, this is um, this is what's going on. And unless you know, like, you're not going to get it, like the rules about these kinds of things, unless you've been exposed to these like mailers that you get when you move into a neighborhood. Um, like it was it was good because I, my kids had no idea. Like what was going on with Morgan? <laughs> like it is like that's weird. Well, even Mark, can't live up. yeah, and and even Mark kind of like let's like so he just says April, get behind me, right? You no, know, it's like she even April's kind of like I what? And it's like okay, now Mark Mark knows what's up, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mark is and worldly. Think, <laughs> he is worldly, and I think this also something that just kind of popped into my head. It comes up over and over again. Is that Pawnee is actually kind of? I mean, and and later they really really bring it out, but Pawnee's kind of the worst. And and they just uh, all the characters, all the problems, all the stuff. It's like, why would you want to try to help all of these terrible people and this town that obviously doesn't care much about anything? And it gets reflected over and over again in all these little bits. And yet still, it, it just shows how hopeful uh, Leslie is. She's like, it doesn't matter. There are no lost causes. So I just I love that. It's like, yeah, these these people just are roaming around the streets. Here's one of them. Right. And they're they're just not good folk. Yeah, they even know that they're not. Like, he's just like, hey, you know, I know I can't be within a thousand feet. Is that going to be a problem? <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's very open about it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm a sex offender. <laughs> uh, please don't isolate that audio ever. <laughs> uh, so um, it's not going well. And Tom just runs away. Yeah. <laughs> which i love and like april and mark are left there while tom's running away and he he's like jumping over the uneven sidewalks of the of the on the along the street mm-hmm. and they, they both just like he runs weird yeah <laughs> so i don't know if that's going to be an ongoing thing for uh for tom to run weird but um yeah they both note that and um so he's gone and he's he leaves to make phone calls uh, which uh, we'll we'll see we see him do in a little bit, but then Ron is back in his office, still wearing a suit. It's true, and he's still very formal. Ron and the city manager Paul comes in. This is the first time we meet city manager Paul, um, and he comes in and he's like, "Hey, heard about this project? Let's you fast track this, right?" And Ron, as we learned last week, doesn't want to do anything. Wants to privatize check the the whole park system. Um, you know, he has not fast tracked anything. And uh, and so he's like, oh, great. Now we got to do this. But as Paul is leaving, he's like, <laughs> Paul comes in and, and this is the first time and probably the only time you ever see uh, Ron afraid of a male in the office. Yeah, it's one of the few mistakes he really makes in the I mean, there are a couple of times throughout the seasons where they show his you know fallibility. But yeah, yeah, he uh, definitely is just like, what? No, I didn't say anything. Right. Yeah. He's almost always the alpha yeah. in every interaction. And this is like one of the, the one of the rare times in dealing with 
another male coworker where he was not like instantly like, no, I'm running this thing. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. in charge. Um, so again, they're still, I think they're still trying to figure out Ron at this point. Um, the Bobby Knight poster was still in the background. That's true. So it'll, so we'll, it'll we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so they're canvassing and, and and Leslie, they are going uh, and they walk up to a lady who is very much against the park. Um, and Kate, Kate Spivak. Yes, Kate Spivak. And Leslie is trying to get people to respond in a way that she's so she's manipulating them using Carl uh, Rove tactics. <laughs> uh, would you uh, say that uh, you're very much in favor of park? Or against the park against would it change your mind if all the meth heads said that they were also against the park what <laughs> so uh so she's you know manipulating the the crowd and kate spivak is aware of this she's like i'm not gonna fall for this and so she's very much against it and it's like i'm gonna come to your meeting um just to throw you down yeah and i think it's one of, again one of those times that leslie's you know just her exuberance kind of bites her because she she had an out you know, the lady said no, she, everything was good. And then she pushes one time just just too, too, too hard. And that's when she ticks this lady off. And then she's like, yeah, I will come now, but it's not going to be in the way that you want. Right. And it is, it's interesting as they like develop these dynamics of like a political politics and work and all of these things. Like there is a, a way to like win people over. Mm-hmm. And Leslie has no idea how to win people over. <laughs> no, like Leslie's especially awkward. Yeah, yeah. And I can see why people would be, uh, as they're watching these first few episodes, like if Leslie is the star of this show, why would I want to keep watching it? Right. She's clueless. She's like Michael Scott was clueless, but like we had an understanding. If you watch the British office, we had an understanding of what this could be. Right. And uh, and who the manager ultimately like becomes. But Leslie is an unknown quantity and she is terrible. (laughs) She's just the worst um, in so many ways. And she doesn't really win. She just Mm -hmm. manipulates. Right. So, yeah. So stick with it. It gets better. (laughs) It gets better. (laughs) Leslie's not always awful. Um. Yeah, because if you don't watch the later episodes, this podcast won't make any sense. Right. Especially if you like download all of them and then you're like, I'm ready to go. But uh, no, nah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I can't handle Leslie. She's terrible. <laughs> Stick with it. It does yeah. get better. Um, and I do love when the Ann and Leslie go back to uh, Ann's house. Mark and April have given up canvassing and they're playing Rock Band 2 with Andy. Uh, and uh, yeah, I love that. Because <laughs> nobody cares as no. much as Leslie. It's true. Um, and then it cuts to a talking head where we hear more about Leslie's dreams. Um, her dream is to build a park to visit with her White House staff on her birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that'll all happen. Uh, my, my White House staff to this park that I built in small town, Indiana on my birthday. Totally, totally worth it. Sure. Why not? Um, And again, Leslie is overwhelmed. The park, the canvassing went terrible. So she tries to cancel the meeting and Ron's like, no, no, Paul wants us definitely to push it through. 
Um, and then it cuts away to Tom, who is just totally schmoozing with the different contractors who could help build the park. Right. You know, and so when you think about Tom as a flake and somebody who's not going to do a good job, uh, here he is actually trying to like make it happen his way. Right. And building relationships and, you know, it's still sleazy. It's like, I'll do this. You can do this. Maybe you can do me a favor later. Um, and as we have learned in American government, that could be an abuse of power um, to be determined in the next few days as quid, we're recording this. Quid, quid pro quo, correct? Is that the term? Yes, which is Latin for this, for that. Oh, so many yeah. things we're learning. So many yeah. things. And, that, and that's great that Tom, I mean, he does show, he does have motivations as long as it benefits himself. And we'll learn so much, like how selfish Tom really is. But what's, what is smart about these characters, and this is why watching a series like this is so much fun, especially when you know how it ends, is that his arc, you know, it, he never he never completely loses it, but he, he realizes kind of how to channel that down the road, which ultimately helps him out. So, I, you know, um, just, just pointing things like this out early on, he is he's kind of the worst. Like all of these people are kind of are so flawed in the beginning, but it's seeing how they change over the seasons. I think that's what makes watching these shows uh, so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, seeing their ups and downs along the way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Their transformation. Um, and, you know, knowing how Tom ends his arc, <laughs> uh, it's just so funny because he's he's all about appearance and he's all about um, wanting to look successful. Right. And um, and so here he is. You know, as the town form happens, like he's bringing all these contractors in and it looks like he is successful. He's doing the job. Right. Um, and uh, and so you can see like, oh, OK, you, what you're doing is kind of working. But then the forum happens and uh, the town is not on board. Uh, my favorite is Andy Andy's neighbor, Lawrence who gets up and is like, I know that guy. Cause Andy is on the stage as like the, the victim of the pit. And as they're trying to repair it, they, they want to see like, this is the danger that we have. If we leave this pit exposed, he's the uh, symbol. Yeah. He's a symbol. And uh, so Lawrence gets up and he's like, I know that guy. He plays his music way too loud and it's waking up my birds. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I love that. Like it cuts away to Andy's like, yeah, that guy, he lives with his grandma. He takes, <laughs> care, just... of, takes care of her. It's cool. I guess <laughs> Lawrence is actually a good dude yeah. and Andy's a, a terrible. And <laughs> it's like, no, he's, I guess he's okay. Um, and Lawrence will come back. Uh, it's true. In, in it's future true. Episodes. Uh, also fun fact, Lawrence and Chris, pa Chris Pratt, um, are in Jurassic world together. Yes. Um, and so that that was when I saw Jurassic World, that made me laugh. I was like, hey, Lawrence is here. How <laughs> was his birds? Is Owen still playing his music too loud? That's what woke up the dinosaurs. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Owen. I forgot that Andy, Chris Pratt's character's name in Jurassic World is Owen, which is a weird name. Like, it doesn't sound heroic, but it should be like... Uh, Blade McSteel. <laughs> yes. Why wouldn't it be? That's a perfect Andrew D Dwyer name for an action star. 
Yeah. Blade McSteel. <laughs> oh, man. We're going to learn so many characters about Andy Dwyer. It'll be so good. Um, yeah, so Lawrence is uh, upset. And then Andy also, at this point, gives another band name. So last time it was uh, Scarecrow Boat. Uh, this time the band's name is Just the Tip. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's all it is. And they just keep moving. Um, the crowd is very much against the project. They take a break. Ron comes up to Leslie and says, it is not going well <laughs> at all. <laughs> and uh, so Leslie's strategy is a brilliant strategy. She just wants to run out the clock because the meeting's only supposed to go till nine o'clock. And so she's going to filibuster her own meeting. Having been you- in meetings that have gone not the way I want them to, uh, I've had those moments. We're like, if I can just keep talking, maybe everybody will leave. <laughs> Do you also carry a copy of the Phantom Tollbooth with you in case no. of emergency? No. No. I've never actually read that book. Oh, it's very good. I hear it's good. Yeah. And the, as I saw the Phantom Tollbooth, it, it gave me an idea. Maybe someday as a part of the Parks and Conversation or the It's a Sure Thing universe or however we're going to be talking about this, we do a, a book club with only the books that are referenced in the shows from uh, you know Parks and Rec, The Office, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But then it got me thinking, like, what are these books and I all I can think about are Twilight Twilight. and Twilight. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, maybe I don't want to do that. Uh, I don't want to read either of those really. Uh, But fun uh, fun fact, uh, the Phantom Tollbooth is actually the prequel to the Phantom Menace. So no way. It's all canon. Oh well then I've got to read it. It's something I just have to do. Um all right so she's filibustering her own meeting um and uh it's not still not going well and so she calls on april who's in the audience as a plant and april just reduces introduces herself as i'm a youth from the community yeah, a youth <laughs> uh, and here's april again like she does really not care at all about this job uh she's an intern and leslie just brings her along because leslie sees in april all of the power of feminism and yeah. this will come out in, I believe the next episode is going to be even more like revealing about Leslie's like uh, feminist passion. And, and so here's like a young person starting out in government as an intern who doesn't care, but Leslie believes that she can transform her, uh, which is again, another sign of Leslie's optimism and uh, stubbornness. Yeah, and, and cluelessness because one of the things that's funny, even with with April's character, is just how out of touch people are in this show. Uh, because Leslie thinks that April is going to, you know, be this you know exuberant, youthful, and and April is talking like even she thinks someone who cares would talk. You know, I I am a youth. Like no, who who talks like that? Even the youth person doesn't. The youthful person doesn't talk like that. So it's right. just there. It's just all you know cluelessness down the down the line it's great which is um another band name that andy has <laughs> cluelessness down the line sounds like it could be but uh man i'm really looking forward to the last i believe it's the last episode in this season so season episode six andy gives a whole list of band names yeah um, i'm looking forward to that because they're so good so uh 
Leslie's ploy of having a plant in the audience gets found out by Katie Spivak. Um, and she's like, I know you, you were with the, well, you were with them. It was a very, um, Peter at the fire, the night that Jesus was arrested moment. <laughs> right. Where, I don't know who you're talking about. I, I'm not, I don't know Jesus. Um, and so, uh, April gets found out and then everybody starts to get, it gets worse and worse and worse. And so Leslie finally just says, all right, everybody line up, tell me all your complaints. And that was, uh, again, her, mo- her motivation was to keep people from voting on this whole idea mm-hmm. um, but, and to run out the clock. And so she listened to people yell at her or as last episode talked about, caring very loudly, <laughs> um, yell at her for the rest of the meeting and then called it at nine o'clock. Yeah, during this whole and again, I love these montage sequences. It's just this per, like person after person coming up and yelling at her while she's she's talking to the camera about her the hopes and dreams and all the stuff that's that could happen. Um, yeah, and then also Rashida Jones, I, I believe, comes in and says, "Man, that was brutal." Um, you know, just last last week or whatever, I was on the other side of that. I was the one yelling at her, and I I, lo- I like that little bit that they put in there because that's still. That's us at the same time, like switching sides a little bit saying, hey, government is so frustrating. But now you see just the abuse that these people can take when they're just when they're trying to do very simple things. So I yeah, I I like that bit with Rashida. That was good. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So time runs out. She calls it. People are upset. Hey, we didn't get to vote. And she's like, well, time's over. So time to go, (laughs) Um, which is the win of this meeting right you know nothing actually happened but the no. meeting happened and of, no of vote, vote. Of vote didn't happen right like right. that's that's the win yeah she went in on the offense and then immediately realized the only way to win is defense i have to keep the people from wanting to do anything and the look that her mom gives her in that she knows what she did like how bad this was but the fact that she kind of pulled it out at the end like figured out a way to not lose it was like hey okay well maybe there's some hope for you yet as a political um force it was a weird look though like it was just like staring and then like a slight nod yeah and it was ambiguous enough where it's like are you proud of her or are you just like i don't know oh i, I took it I, I took it as she was like she was a little bit surprised, like a little like, yeah, I, I see. I see what you did. I don't know. That's the way I took it. Maybe I'm maybe I'm too optimistic. I don't know. I'm going to go with your your read. So, <laughs> OK, yeah. OK, I'd rather live in that universe. There you go. So because uh, it's good. Um, and so Leslie gives a, a, a kind of a summation of the whole experience, talking about how you know it didn't go well. And then Lawrence comes up and says, uh, as everybody's leaving. He says, hey, park lady, you suck. But Leslie, like, lights up. And it. Uh, she says, you hear that? He called me park lady. Yeah. <laughs> like, her identity yeah. is so wrapped up in this job that, like, as soon as the public sees her as the park lady, it's like, yes, validation. Right. Which is not a healthy way to live, Leslie, but we'll let you have it this time. So, and then it, it cuts to Tom saying, this book is awesome. Talking about Phantom Tollbooth, end of episode. Yeah. Um, and again, like a surprising, 
surprising turn for Tom. Like it does not seem like a book like that Tom would read. Um, but he did. They're on Tom. Tom starts to read stuff and is like his world gets opened up. <laughs> so just just through the power of reading. So it's great. Right. I learned in um, third grade. From our library class that uh, when I was handed a, a a value of reading, promoting bookmark with the Simpsons on it uh, that said reading is fun, demental. Um, and since then, I, I've been a bit big advocate for reading. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just really glad that Tom is doing that as well. Um, anyway, yeah, so that's uh, episode two of season one, Canvassing. Um, again, we're learning more about the people of Pawnee and the people of the Parks Department. Mm-hmm. We still have not seen too much from Jerry or Retta uh, or Donna, played by Retta. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will make bigger impact in the coming episodes. Um, but yeah, we're just kind of fleshing out the, the, the government and the people that the main players. And so that is one of the nice things that I think they're doing in this first season is they are not telling you anything about the people, um, the side characters, they just exist. Right. Which is, would be the case of every city. You don't know everybody in your city. Right. You exist among them. And, and so they're doing a good job of helping you get a picture of Pawnee. And as you said, it's full of the worst people. Yeah. And, uh, but it's home. That's right. And, you know, Leslie loves this city and wants the best for it. So, well, did you uh, find any trivia or anything else? Uh, We did the synopsis, but was there anything that you wanted to make sure that we shared with our, uh, our listener? Uh, yeah. Um, the small, small bits were this, this is the only episode in the, I believe the entire series that, uh, Jerry, uh, played by Jim O'Hare isn't in the episode, like in, in this episode at all, not even seen, um, for, I don't know why, but yeah. And then also this was supposed, this was slated to be episode three and they switched it with the next one, the reporter. So you can, you could, you could listen to the podcast episode three or two and it still might make sense. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause last night I watched both episodes with the kids two and three and, uh, I could not imagine them being in a different order. Yeah. That would be weird. Maybe in a different universe. I don't know. Yeah. A real sliding doors situation. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah. any <laughs> other, how about you? What do you, uh, Anything you found? Not there wasn't too much. I do love that the the forum looks like it's back in that elementary school, um, <laughs> yeah. which is helpful. Um, again, as this show's starting out, they probably didn't have a, a lot of budget room to get to different places. So I wonder if they were just like, let's just record both of these on the mm. same day. Yeah, uh, it was directed by Seth Gordon. I know that much because yes. I'm yeah. looking at the IMDb page. I don't know what else Seth Gordon has done. Um, oh, and, he did uh, Pixels. Pixels. Oh, he did? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I never saw and that. The King of Kong. Oh, the King of uh, Kong? Uh, uh, King of Kong, a fistful of quarters. Yeah. That is one of the best documentaries I have ever seen. Uh, very, very good. Yeah, go watch it. Um, one, one, one other bit of trivia I just remembered is that Tom's whole uh, kind of sleazy bribery phone calls was all ad-libbed. And, uh, at first, um, 
Gordon and Daniels and Shure weren't quite, they, they didn't know if that would be, they thought, oh man, that's going to make him look really bad. It turns out the test audience, the, the reaction was, eh. I mean, that's kind of what we thought government officials did anyway, so it's fine. Which <laughs> <laughs> I love. It's like, meh, it's, it fits. So. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so. one more quote from Leslie as she's running out the filibuster. They can't touch you if you talk forever. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, okay. Good. Right. I don't know. I mean, these are 22-minute episodes, and we've gone 33 minutes. So Perfect. I think we've given people more than enough time to uh, – contemplate on this this uh, second episode of parks and recreation so uh next week we're going to be looking at the reporter and we're going to meet the press of pawnee a small town in indiana that i believe has one reporter one newspaper <laughs> reporter one tv reporter and one daytime talk show and yet they have two two newspapers that we know of and I believe three uh, television stations. So, you know, right. it's it's don't 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 think about it too much. Yeah, it will only boggle the mind. And uh, yeah, so uh, we'll learn more about Mark. We'll learn more about the press. We'll learn more about the pit. Uh, and Andy even comes into uh, more uh, in the next episode. So, uh, yeah, characters keep growing and uh, it's going to be a fun ride. So, um yeah, with all that, I mean, I guess we're done, right? Yeah, that's it for me. All right. Well, then, uh, Jeremy, I'll uh, talk to you later and uh, enjoy your parks and rec. Sounds good. You too. Talk to you later.